Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Scrubs, Life Stories of Medical Providers. This series aims to delve deeper into the unique experiences, passions, and personal stories of our dedicated medical providers beyond their daily duties in healthcare. Thanks for meeting with us today, Tanji. Tanji, you are our customer service. Uh, how do you? What's your title? My title is Command Customer Relations Officer. What does that entail? Oh, wow. That entails me being an intermediary between the patient and the CO. Problems, usually the really big ones, patients are referred to me to diffuse if there's an altercation or to just look into when a patient feels that they haven't received great customer service. Okay. And you also do our ICE stuff, right? Absolutely. ICE is is one of those things. I'm really trying to change the narrative of ICE because normally I often hear our staff members say, well, if you have a complaint, you know, put it on ICE. Well, ICE is not just for complaints. It's for compliments, concerns, suggestions. So, yes, ICE is not just a a platform to to complain because oftentimes Mm -hmm. People really do take the time out to compliment the service that they receive from our staff members. Yeah, so, yeah. And you don't just fix problems here. I hear you're a life coach as well. Absolutely. I um, got my life coaching license in 2009 because it's something that I've always enjoyed doing, um, helping people solve their own problems. Um, and in doing so, you have to be a great listener you know, listen to people. And most of the time they figure it out on their own when they just listen to themselves Mm -hmm. talk about it. So yes, I definitely enjoy being a life coach. I use a lot of those skills in my everyday job. So I tell people, you know, even though my customer is the angry customer, I absolutely love what I do. And that's what that's what makes my job so fulfilling. I just finished a book called I Hear You, and, and it's essentially talking about um, empathy, but also validation, micro, even micro validation. I bet uh, all of that, that those skills that you learn in your life coaching does tie back to the customer service piece, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what uh, I just talked about books. Are you reading any books lately or yes, into reading? I am an avid reader. Um, the books I read are usually self-help um, books that remind you to live in the present. Um, Do you have a favorite? Um, my favorite book is A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Oh, what a great one. And that put me on my quest to, you know, people search for things in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I had seen him on Oprah and um, I'm like, you know what? Let me check out this book. I've read that book. I've read The Power of Now. Yes. Um, one of my favorite books is The Shack, um, which kind of put things into perspective. So, um, yes, I, I love Eckhart Tolle. He's one That's of awesome. my favorites. Yeah, he tends to put me. Uh, I listen to his podcast as well, mm-hmm. and just turning on the podcast, it like brings me into the present moment and absolutely into the now. Yeah, great choice. 
Okay, besides reading books, what other hobbies or interests do you have? Um, I am a member of a military sorority, Kappa Epsilon Psi Military Sorority Incorporated, and um, we do a lot of community service. Actually, um, we adopted a highway, which is actually 98 in Blue Angel. Oh, right out front. Okay. Um, we do things of that nature, giving back to the community. And one thing that I do as my own um, community service, I go to Paws because I love dogs. So I go Paws to the... Paws is what? Paws is um, Panhandle Animal Welfare welfare shelter um and it's where it's a no-kill shelter Mm. and um i volunteer there to walk dogs and and just to talk to them have interaction with them so um i love giving back especially to to animals who once had a home right but now they don't and it's kind of sad because when they see a car they associate it with going to home so that's a little bit of a struggle but i but i get fulfillment out of just giving back to to animals so any collections any you have any collections of things? You know, my <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the only thing I really collect. Um, I'm a huge shoe person. Okay, okay. And I I do sneakers have sneakers or or, or, or I, dress stilettos. or stilettos. Stilettos. Okay. I I love stilettos, and um, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm only four foot ten. <laughs> so you know, people ask, well, do you have a, a complex? No, it's just something that. As a child, and I'm also a licensed makeup artist. Oh, really? Yes. Yes, I'm a licensed makeup artist. I got licensed back in 2005, and I actually was a makeup artist for Estee Lauder um, in Cordova Mall um, some year, over 10 years ago. So I I What are you doing with that? What are you you doing any... uh, Content creation on YouTube, you or what, what are you doing? I, I, um, I used to, but it wasn't for makeup. It was for natural hair. Okay. So, um, you know, people will always ask me about my makeup. So I said, you know what? Let me go ahead and get my license. Well, I would do freelancing work, and um, you know, when there was a show or um, a concert, I would do makeup. And, you know, I have two sons, and when they got into the age of playing sports and being more involved, that was when I put actually my life coaching and my um, makeup artist skills to the side so that I okay. could be a present mom. Oh, how, how old are your kids? My sons are 24 and 22. Um, they both were in college at Troy when COVID hit. Okay. So when they got sent home from that, they've been there since, um, only because there were, you know, a number of events that happened. Um, Later that year, I lost a brother-in-law to COVID Mm, um, or the complications of Mm -hmm. two months after that, my mom had double bypass. Mm. That following month, my husband was diagnosed with bone marrow cancer get out so i had all of that going on he's in remission and doing very well now um but yeah they came home they were able to help me with him because um chemo can be grueling 
um, radiation be, can be grueling, um, which that really wasn't the hard part. The hard part was the actual bone marrow transplant that was done at UAB. I was in the hospital with him for 30 days. And they want you to be there, the spouse or some type of support. Right. And I can remember when he got out a day before Thanksgiving in 2021, um, and he rang the bell, a nurse came to me and she said, I will never ever forget you. And I said, why is that? She said, because you were there every step of the way. Because when you get a bone marrow transplant, they literally kill all the cells of your body, the chemo. It's the strongest chemo that they can use. And, you know, the first few hours, it only took 30 minutes. I was present, you know, I was like, okay, we're gonna, this is gonna be okay. About 12 hours later, once his red blood cells, white platelets, you name it, bottomed out. It was... Oh my God, it was something that really, really test my, my mm. faith because that was the closest to death I had ever seen anybody, oh let my alone gosh. my husband. Can imagine. And um, once he rung the bell, he's actually rang the, the cancer bell three times, finishing chemo, finishing radiation, and living through the transplant. And... Um, Actually, my uncle, one of my favorite uncles who passed away, he didn't make it through the bone marrow transplant. Mm. So it, it was something really, really grueling, but I was there every step of the way. And I actually lived in the room with him. They had a place where you could do your laundry. Um, because you're there in the hospital, They um, you are allowed to eat for free. And... But just being there and the nurse who um, she said that she'd never forget me, she said, you would you could not imagine how many people I've seen walk away. They couldn't handle I can it. Imagine. That's that's they couldn't handle it. So my my sons were fortunately at the house and um, they were able to take care of the house and my Yorkie Poo Tango. Mm -hmm. And um, while I lived it and it took its toll mm. on me because in what way well you know it seeing him just be so vulnerable and so weak my husband is six four and a half and to see him just shrink to a mere shell and me having to put my needs desires myself on the back burner to take care of him it was a lot, but it made me to be the person that I am today. Yeah. It, it showed me that I really can overcome anything. Mm. And that was the one thing, seeing him through that and seeing him now. You know, sometimes I just look at him and say, you know, we beat cancer. Mm -hmm. And we just sit on the back porch and yeah. we're talking. And I wear crystals. Yeah. 
and they remind me to stay in the present. Wow. So that's the one thing I And you always, mentioned your faith. What Do you want to talk about that a little bit? You know, I, I don't believe in labels. I tell people often that I'm a believer. Mm. And I say that because I'm non-judgmental. When you say, well, I'm just Christian or I'm this or I'm that, some people don't want to deal with you. And if someone told me that they were atheists, I would treat them like anyone else. So I like that. I think all people have a, a higher power that mm. they believe in. Mm. So when I talk to people and I'm really, you know, just telling them how I get through, I tell them, you know, I believe in a higher power, mm-hmm. source, energy, you know, universe. God, mm-hmm. universe, however you want to put it. Right. So I, I took the label off of myself once I began to just live presently. Mm-hmm. I want to if I want to to be an inspiration to people, I feel that I need to be in a place of of non-judgment. So I, I say that that I'm a believer. I, mm-hmm. you know, to me, faith and fear are synonymous. If you believe you can't do it, you won't. But if you believe you can, yeah, I tell you my will. kids that all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether, you, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Absolutely. And you, you what do you, I want to go back. You said you you had a Yorkie poo. Yes. And its name is Tango. His name is Tango. <laughs> Tango is 12 years old okay. and I've, I've had him since he was eight weeks old. So he has. Was lit- he one of the, uh, what, did you adopt him from Paws or? No, actually I did not. Mm. I, um. Got him from a friend of mine. She used to work at the hospital. She worked in internal medicine. And we rode to Atlanta to go to a hair show. Well, she had two little Yorkie Poos. And she was selling them to uh, a relative. Mm. Well, I hailed this particular dog the whole way down there. Mm. And I begged her. I said, please. I was like, there's something about him. Mm And she's like, you know what, Tangie, because mm-hmm. you're my friend. I guess, so guess I, you can keep him. And I guess you can keep him. So, <laughs> you know, I parked at the hospital, you know, once we got back, went over to, to Penn Air, paid her for him. Mm-hmm. And he's been a part of my family oh, since so 2011. Nice. I tell people all the time, you know, pets to me are like dogs. You know, I tell people all the time. You know, I don't think it's ironic that dogs fell backwards as God. Mm. And, you know, for me, if Tango doesn't take to a person, I know that something is definitely off mm. because, you know, we the running joke in the house is, you know, Tango is not going to stop anybody from breaking in. If anything, he's going to lick them to death. Mm-hmm. But there have has been a time where. I've actually seen him back up Hmm. from a person really, and it literally gave me chills. And I knew that something was not right with Hmm. that person. To me, they just have that, that energy. Maybe the energy's off or something. Absolutely. So Atlanta, any other destinations you like to go? You know, um, I was stationed with my husband. I had, um, recently got out of the Air Force and um, we went to Germany from um, 1999 to 2001. 
I'm, I'm sorry, 2002. I absolutely love Europe. Traveling is one of, you know, I tell people, you know, things are good to buy, but memories are something that you will, yeah. you know, the experience of traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Belgium, Czech Republic, mm. Paris. Oh my wow. goodness, Poland. And this is all uh, while in the military. While he was he was active okay. duty, okay. and um, you were both active duty at the same time. At one time, okay. yes. Okay. Um, and we decided that we wanted to have a family, and so you know, one of you had to. We yeah. didn't want to be both you know, in the military. And since he had more time in than I did, I decided to to get out and um, he stayed in and we took a tour to Europe. And I actually had my second son over in Europe, in Frankfurt, Germany. I had him on the economy. So he's a dual citizen. And I had him on my birthday. So no January way. 30th, he was my Same birthday. T- 29th birthday present. I had balloons that said, happy birthday, it's a boy. So um, Germany is one of the places that I absolutely love because to experience the Audubon is a spiritual experience <laughs> to be able to just drive yeah. and and at at your speed and to have people fly by you and you're going 110 Mm. that's yeah so yes traveling europe is somewhere i want to go i mean that i love going to but my plans are to visit um i want to definitely visit the pacific i've never done asia um and i definitely want to go to africa Okay. What part? So I want to go to Nigeria. Okay. Um, because I did a twenty three and Me, and um, to see where my ancestors and to see where I've come from, it is. Oh my God! I was blown away. Really? Is Nigeria in there? Is you're Ni- Nigerian? Yeah, a little bit. I I think it's like twenty eight percent, but I'm overall I'm seventy three percent sub-African and I was surprised to see that I am 21% European Hmm. and Irish. Interesting. And you know, you, I've had people reach out to me and I'm like, OMG, you know, I would have never thought that I would have had that much percentage because, you know, a lot of us, we I don't have an extensive history of my father's side of the family. Um, he was, he and my mom, they did divorced when I was two. And he wasn't really an active father, but thank God my stepdad has been my dad. And he's who my boys call Papa to this day. So um, to see where I've come from and to, to look at people to see, oh my goodness, they're on my hit list (laughs) and um so it's been it's been very very interesting because my mom um she didn't know her father he passed away before um she got to meet him his last name is mcconaughey okay all right all right all right all right all right all right (laughs) and you know it was funny is i actually had a mcconaughey reach out to me 
And um, it, it's just, it, it's amazing. You're, you're really opening up Pandora's box mm. when you give that DNA. So, yes. So do you cook? I do. Okay. Yes, I'm, your... I'm from Montgomery, Alabama, so <laughs> I'm a Southern girl. I definitely cook. Okay. What's your favorite? What's your, what are you known for? I am known for my potato salad. Okay. I have yet to have anybody. I've actually had people ask me to patent it. Mm. And, you know, I, you know how you can say, I'm not going to give you the ingredients. I tell people. I'll give you the ingredients, but it's not going to taste like mine. <laughs> I'm just saying. So I am known yeah. in my family, you know, um, well, we already know that Aunt Tan is going to bring the potato salad because my nieces and nephews, they won't eat anybody else's. So, wow. yeah, I'm good at that. <laughs> what? How do you, so you speak a lot about your family and, and that's fantastic. How do you balance sort of your work life, you know, your work, your career and your family and spending time with loved ones? How do you balance that? You know, what I do is every day before I walk into this building, I leave home at home. And when I leave the building, I leave work at work. And once upon a time that I did, my work-life balance was like this. It was, I was going through it at work as well as at home, having a husband who is battling cancer. And I just had to pause. And what led me to that is meditation. I am a huge proponent of meditation, just being quiet and just sitting in it mm -hmm. and living in the present. I tell people that most people live either in the past or the future. So I had, let, me, let me interrupt you for a second. Have you ever done the, have you ever floated? It was called floating where that, you know, like a pod and it's like salt water and you, you, you lay in there and it's like a, it's like a, almost like a chamber where it's, you, you know, all your senses are cut off. So you can't see you're floating, you can't feel. And it's, it's so spiritual to me. They actually just opened up one uh, over on nine miles. Fantastic. Afloat, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's I will definitely try that because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure it is like a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. My um, one of my nephew, one of my nephews, he skydived, mm -hmm. and the first time he did it, he's like, "Oh my God!" It's like a spiritual moment. <laughs> that's that's why adrenaline junkies, they you know, they'll risk their lives mm -hmm. because it puts you in that present moment. I mean, you can't be anywhere else. So yeah. I'm going to try check that. Check it out. Yeah. So Absolutely. anyways, I'm sorry. I cut you off. You're, oh, no you're worries. You're talking about meditation. So, so uh, you're, you're, you leave work at work, you leave home at home. And, and one of the ways you sort of get out of those mindsets is, is through meditation. Through meditation and communication. Um, I've been married on December 4th. It'll be 25 years. And, um, you anybody who's been married it it can be tough it's something you truly have to work at every day um my husband and i we have a rule when i get home i'll give myself five minutes to talk about work and then i'll cut it off and every day we go out on the back porch and we just talk and 
that is one way I'm able to balance home and work. You can, I can tell, I can pick up energy from people who don't have a, a balanced work life type of, um, they don't have it because of the energy that they have. Yeah. So on your way to work, uh, on your way home, is there any type of music or anything that you listen to to sort of transition or do you have a favorite artist or? You know, actually, um, a friend that I met in Germany, her name is Carmela Brown and she was truly a godsend and both of us commute. So she lives in Maryland, which they're an hour ahead. Okay. So usually coming into work, we're on the phone Okay. and we really check on each other. And a lot of people, they'll say, how you doing? But mm -hmm. it's not that artificial check in like, a, like a neighbor. It's like, how, how are you really how doing? How are you really doing? And actually, you know, there are two people in my military sorority um, that they we really check on each other. Um, as far as favorite artists, I'm I love jazz. Okay. My favorite jazz artist, I would have to say, is Boney James. Okay, love love Boney James. I I'm a I love Paul Hardcastle. Do you go near the jazz fest that they do? You know what? It seems like every year something <laughs> comes and you can't go. Up. It's like, but I you know there are oftentimes little concerts that I can catch. I've actually seen Peter White. Okay in concert and he is amazing um i'm uh i love old school r&b you know um i like all uh, old school like what 90s with the, the, the begging years you know please I, please please <laughs> like the, the key sweat years you know <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but i'm not really into blues okay you know um it's not that to me it's just country but blues is talking about life mm. um but i like there are some artists that i like like evanescence okay i, I love Evanescence. i have uh my younger son the my 22 year old when i tell people that he's a metalhead and he likes heavy metal they're like okay we know you live in Nevada. i was like no it's just that I exposed them to all <laughs> genres of music. Yeah. When they were little and babies, yeah. I would play classical music. Why be closed, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I like being open-minded. I, I like all Absolutely. types of music. A lot of healthcare professionals, they tend to find like solace in nature or yes. going out. Can you share any memorable um, outdoor adventure or favorite nature spot or someplace I, where you recharge? I recharge um, by the water. Okay. Living in Navarre, I'm five minutes away from the beach, and they have a welcome center where there are benches where the water literally comes up. And Interesting. It, I just, sometimes I just go there by myself. I'll, sometimes I'll listen to music, but if I'm listening to music, it is instrumental jazz, and I just look at the water and just take in the present moment. I tell people all the time, mm. if you want to tap into you, definitely go into nature. Mm. You can get lost. You, you leave everything else. I block everything out. I put my mm -hmm. phone on silent. 
you know, I'll tell my husband, I'm going to mm -hmm. the water. And oftentimes we'll go together and just to talk about us. Mm. And um, I would suggest everybody. Yeah. Just water like is, a recharge, yeah. you know, and just looking at how vast it is mm -hmm. can be overwhelming. So mm -hmm. just seeing the seagulls, I've actually seen sharks. Um, just looking, I've seen the dolphins and just sitting there. So yeah, nature. That's, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And, you, and so you mentioned your, your makeup. Uh, I assume for you, that's sort of a creative outlet. Do you have any other sort of creative outlets? Do you paint or, um, you know, some sort of art or writing, you know, an outlet for me, honestly, is, you know, being a life coach. Hmm. My mission is to help people yeah. find themselves. I take joy in that. You know, somebody saying that I've shared something with them. And I tell people all the time, you know, I can't tell you about something if I haven't gone through it. So me sharing things, hard times, and how I overcame that's an outlet for me because yeah. it reminds me that you know what you did that mm -hmm. so that's what i tell people all the time what i do in this job really is a passion and my ministry because i've actually had people come back to me that i've helped in the hospital that have said because i talked to you i did not take my life and mm. to know that I have that type of effect on people, to me, I love having that as a as a passion because you never know. I tell people all the time, first impressions are lasting and you never know who's watching you. And it amazes me how I can walk through the hospital. I've been here 15 years. So I've seen, you know, when I you pass where all the COs um, and uh, CMCs, you know, I've been here for quite a few. And there are so many people that I run into, they'll say, hey, Miss Tangy, I would not be able to spot them in a lineup of two, <laughs> but they know who I am. And I can say that my reputation precedes me and I know that I'm doing a good job mm. because I, if I don't know something, I'm going to find somebody who does. Yeah. So you, you've been through some pretty tough things. I mean, you know, your, your mom and your, your husband with, with uh, bone cancer, what, what would you say is like your most valuable life lesson that you've, that you've learned so far? My most valuable life lesson, I would say, is to trust the process. Um, I oftentimes tell people life happens for you and not to you. If you are going through something, trust the process. You can't get to the mountain without hitting some rough spots. So I would say trust 
the process. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't believe that the universe allows us to go through things to break us. There have been some who have allowed life to break them. And um, I lost a friend back in 2007. Um, her son went to um, Afghanistan and mm. he lost his life um, due to an IED. Oh my. And, um, and that was in November of 2006, October 2007, I was going to her funeral. She literally grieved herself to death. And Mm. so something like that, you know, I can't speak on, but things I can speak on certain things like losing a pet, you know, I can speak on divorce because I've been there before. I can speak on being insecure about my weight because I've been there. So I use the things that I've overcome to share with other people. People ask me all the time, you know, Tangie, how do you, you know, you've you've kept your weight down. People who have been here Mm -hmm. back in 2016, I can, and I'm not ashamed of it. I weighed 171 pounds. Now that might not sound like much, but you put that on a four foot 10 frame. (laughs) And Mm. I just said, you know what? This is within my control. I can only control what's within my control. If something is out of my control, I don't worry about it. Mm. That's how I'm able to live presently. Serenity prayer, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if it's beyond my control, I, you know what? I say, you know what? I surrender it. Mm -hmm. And when you surrender, you allow the universe to take care of it for you. Beautiful. So let's end this on a positive note. Can you tell me if, I mean, you're a life coach, so I know you probably have tons of these, a uh, heartwarming or inspiring story to to sort of end this, this uh, segment on. A heartwarming. Heartwarming or inspiring story. You know what? I will um, tell the story of how just being mindful of burnout. Okay. Um, back in 2003, um, I was a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, I when I had my two boys... Life afforded us the ability to to be able to, you know, I was going to stay home and, you know, watch Barney and Blue's Clues and all of that. (laughs) But I'm such an outgoing person that I got to a point that it was like I felt like I was losing myself. Okay. So I have been hypertensive since... I was 25. I got diagnosed with high blood pressure when I was in the Air Force. So I've all I've been taking medication since I was 25. So it's been over 25 years. And I would always put my medication away from my boys because, you know, I would take it out Mm -hmm. and push it way back on the counter. Well, one day I was totally overwhelmed. I had one sliding down the stairs face first. I had the, it was, (laughs) I mean, it was a chaotic day. And I tell people, 
you should quiet yourself a lot of times because when you have a gut feeling, that inner spirit, listen to it. On one particular day, I was, I was overwhelmed and something in me said, go look to see where you put your medication. I had taken out my medication and put it far on the counter. Well, my, my one-year-old, actually he was two at the time, my two-year-old, the one I had on my birthday, very, very adventurous. He would, I mean, I would constantly have to keep my eye on him. Mm. And on this particular day, my inner spirit said, where's your medication? So I run downstairs and it was gone. It was four pills. Oh my. And I, you know, I've called both of my boys by their middle names all of their lives. Uh, my oldest son, his middle name is Jordan and my baby, his middle name is Alex. But I yelled out his first name, which is Christopher. Mm-hmm. I said, Christopher, come here. And here he comes. I said, open your mouth. I see four pills that were starting to dissolve. And in that moment, I knew that I had to do something different. And I called my husband crying. I see he was a master sergeant. He was stationed at Eglin. I said, can you please come home? And he's like, are you okay? I said, no, I'm not okay. And I didn't tell him until he got there. I said, I was careless and I laid my medication down. And Alex put it in his mouth and they were beginning to dissolve. I said, I know that had I not gotten there in time, that he wouldn't have lived. I mean, I tell this story about burnout when I teach customer service. And on that day, he went to Kids Discovery, got two applications, and he said, you know what, it's time for you to take a break. And we put them in daycare. And that was something that I tell people all the time. Had I been responsible um, for losing my child, the one that I had on my birthday because of my carelessness, I know I wouldn't have been able to live with myself. So I tell that story to tell people, sometimes you have to take a time out and step away. Listen to your gut when your gut tells you something. So I use that as a a story to tell people, you know what, we all make mistakes. We all do things, but you can really sometimes do things that can be life-changing. So you have to be mindful of what you do. And I've been working since 2003. So I've been driving from Navarre to Pensacola, actually on the 20th, which is Friday. It'll be 20 years wow. I've been driving from Navarre. Wow. To, I love working with the Navy. I'm prior Air Force. Mm-hmm. However, I've never worked with the Air Force as a civilian. So um, I love working with the Navy. I, the camaraderie, especially the Chiefs Mess, 
um, you know, my husband was an E7 and I'm like, babe, you all don't do <laughs> none of the things. And I was like, it's totally he was Air different. Force? Air Force. Air Force. Okay. Air Force. So, and, you know, when he made E7, it was like, you know, they had the master sergeants who had a, the wives would get together and they were like, well, TNG, you ought to come in and have tea and, and talk. And I'm like, I don't want any tea. And I'm, you know, I'm just one of the girls. I like to have fun. And, you know, I'm not, you know, going to act different just because my husband is a master sergeant. But, um, yeah, the, the Navy, the camaraderie, yes, I... That's something that I love working with. That's, so That's awesome. Well, we are so glad to have you here. So lucky to have someone with uh, such vast experience in, in the area that you have. And um, really appreciate all you do. And thanks for being on our, on our show. Thank you for having me. Thank I you. really enjoyed this. To our listeners, remember to connect with us and share your thoughts. Join us in our next episode as we continue to explore the captivating life stories of medical providers. Until then, stay curious and keep going beyond the scrubs.